I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. And on today's episode, we are going to do rapid fire Q&A. So we've mentioned before, if you guys want any of your questions answered on the podcast, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or IG at Card Talk Pod. So we're just going to get right into today's episode as we have a lot of questions and we want to get through as many as possible. So I will start it off with a question we got. The question is from John T.E. 18. It says, with football prism hobby selling at $1,000, and who knows where basketball price will be at, is it now considered a premium product? Will it price people out and shift more people to other sets? So thanks, John, for the question. Tyler, Lou, thoughts? Um, the I think the overarching thought here is that cards have gotten more expensive, and just because prism is now well over 1000 um, that doesn't mean that select and optic are, you know, uh, cheap, easy rips. Uh, yep. if you're looking for a cheaper, easier rip, you're probably looking at like a score or a hoops or something like well, that. You can rip absolute for, you know, under yeah, score. That's how I get to score. Absolute. Yeah. But I don't think I really love certified as a card, but, uh, yeah. So I think in general, the thought is like cards have gotten more expensive and that's, Part of the reason why breaking is, it's another, actually, we haven't really talked about that. It's part of the reason why breaking has gotten so ex- popular, I think, is people don't want to buy a whole sure. box anymore. They could just buy a break for 200 bucks as opposed to getting an entire box. Yep, exactly. 100%. Ty. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the Prism brand will continue to dominate. I do think that, and whether this is running before or after our interview, even, uh, even, we just we talked with Matt and he mentioned that early on he got into breaks. I think breaks continue to rip and run and I think that's the way that people will get into these products. I don't I feel like you've got breaking, you've got buying wax and holding and flipping. I don't I do think it's priced out a bit of like um, you know, under the Christmas tree like two boxes. Which is not great, but then I do think people will move to that other product. I do. Yeah. I do think that other product will become that uh, that gift, but I don't think it'll be more popular. I don't think all of a sudden. Yeah, it becomes the it, gift, but it makes Prism more of a grail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I think Lou's point is it, it hits the nail right on the head, right? Like, yes, Prism is premium at a thousand dollars, but Contenders and Optic and Select aren't two hundred dollars. So those products are also going to be grail products because you're not going to be able to buy Select optic or contenders this year at under $500 a box, right? So like those days are gone. So at the moment you're looking at illusions or Phoenix or XR or absolute and certified. And I think that's what makes those products more desirable in terms of like a, a you ripping a box or you getting a box for Christmas. Like th- that's going to push you that route. If you want to rip prism, that's why group breaking is as big as it is. Like Lou said, you can get the Bengals in a, you know, a case break, for a thousand dollars do you want the bangles in an entire case of prism or do you want you know a box of prism most people would take the the teams in a break and go that route search for the players they want so yeah i, I think Luke, i agree with you guys wholeheartedly on that that 
nothing else is the other major brands aren't going to be as cheap so you're going to be looking either lower than that or you're going to join a break mm-hmm. um so i apologize in advance to this person but i think their name is uh carlos Belotus. i don't know how to pronounce that last name i apologize but uh how do you see nba car prices coming back in the end of december will it skyrocket or will there be more steady uptrend so i think this is kind of a Interesting, interesting conversation, right? Because last year, with the big runoff that we saw, my impression was that we might, people might have learned the lesson when it came to football. But it seems that didn't happen. There was still a big runoff with football, and those prices have now come back down to earth. For example, example, Kyler was selling at a thousand. I bought a couple at a thousand, and it's now like six hundred, I think, and that's like best case scenario. So, um, I would. I would hope that people learn the lesson and there won't be as big of a gigantic run-up this time around. Um, but I do think it's a little bit unavoidable. I don't know how you guys feel. This is run-up in basketball? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a, I, like a Like a unsustainable run-up, which is kind of what happened. Yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see it. I don't think we're going to see it because what I think, the way that I perceive it is these new floors, is we'll see the run-up from these new floors. And so... If you're looking at it holistically, if a Luca gets to 2K again, a run, you know, up from 13, that's not Luca at 2K up from 550. So I do think we'll get a run up. I do think we'll get um, like more awareness. But I do think the large influx in the last year of new people into the hobby are going to already be there. So I think we've passed that. I do think that. It's going to be back. Not just everything is going to go. You're going to have to be educated and know who's playing well and who you're prospecting and what's going on and what cards in the market are doing well and um, that. But I don't think we're just going to get this white hot explosion in terms of prices across all of basketball. I think it's going to be very interesting, too, to see if they're calling a December 1 training camp for a December 22nd start. I'm just not sure about all the guys being there on December 1. LeBron, I think Danny Granger said LeBron's going to take a month off at least. At which is crazy, that. which is crazy. Like for the whole league is is weird and different. I think you're also going to then have rookies and a lot of two-way contracts coming up and popping up and down from G League. Um, I think that there will be big opportunities and a lot of ball-ball moments that are happening, um, whether that's good or bad. Not sure. I think it's healthy because I think people get interested in things like Tops 2020, no matter how you look at it, brought a lot of good awareness. Ball, ball on the buy, sell, I think is a good thing. Um, But I don't think we're just going to get this rippy up to the right, all basketball cards, no matter what, who you buy is just going to be selling. I think the uh, people in the hobby are becoming more educated. Um, But I do think for the players, you know, in those first 20 games that come out and are on fire, I think you're going to see some strong yeah, I, I, uh, growth. It's it's inevitable to say that the prices of what they're at now aren't going to go up between now and the start of the season. I just think it's inevitable, right? Like, it w- as soon as the Pelicans post, a, we've been saying this for a while, as soon as the Pelicans post a picture of Zion looking like Thor, mm-hmm. lo- you know, down 30 pounds, stop eating cheeseburgers, and he's ready to go, people are going to be like, hey, man, this guy, this guy's the real deal. Let's go buy him. Like, they're going to go up. How extreme is, you know, we don't know. Like Lou said, did people learn the lesson? Are we not going to go all in on Zion, you know, 
We don't know, but uh, yeah, there, there there will be an uptick in prices between now and the, the start of the year. And when somebody comes out and drops a 37-point triple-double in the first week, their stuff will continue to go you know, up. And when somebody has six, four, and two, and they play 40 minutes, and you're like, hey, maybe this guy's not that good, their stuff will go down, right? This is – it's tale as old as time. This this happens with – like Lou said with football and – it, it it happens every year, and I it, I don't expect it to be any different this year. Yeah, uh, just to put a number on it, because the way you know a similar uptick from last time, if you if you call it five hundred for like what the Luca floor was preseason last year before the bubble, um, and you say eighteen hundred, which is where like the peak was, there was a couple that went for two, but eighteen hundred was like the real ceiling. That's a two hundred fifty percent increase to get to that same level of increase again. He'd have to have a forty two hundred dollar card, so. If you think that Luke can get to 4200 again, that's another gigantic no. increase. Exactly. So, yeah. So, then I think it's yeah. fair to say that there'll be a little bit of a more steady incline. Yeah. I'm not expecting them or to go decline. to old prices. I'm just expecting him for, like, if Luca comes out and has a great camp or if he's has the MVP, one, I think like 3K is on the table to put a number yeah, on it's it. Not, it's not impossible that that card is going to go up from 1100 where it's currently at. Ty, question? Yeah, so question is, um, I heard that soccer cards surpassed hockey cards in sales to become the number four sport in the hobby. Talk about the rise of soccer. So what I'm looking at here is actually um, the list of owners in the Premier League. And there, there's been a lot recently in the last, what do you, whether you want to call it, 10 years, 15 years, American Sports owners, American billionaires, NFL owners largely are starting to move into soccer with investment. Something I always think about is follow the money, follow the investments. I mean, 2026, the World Cup is in USA. We've talked about it over and over and over again. As football and the health concerns, as uh, in terms of the accessibility of the game for soccer is growing, as international and global and we all as a society and communications become more open borders i just think over the next 15 years it will continue its growth in the world um and with more awareness will become uh more demand like at the end of the day boxing used to be the biggest thing in the world now it's not so much uh horse racing huge now it's not so much. These things change. And for people to just sit around and say NFL is always going to be the biggest thing. Baseball is going to be always the biggest thing. And the question was, overtook hockey? I mean, people just, the hockey just isn't as in demand anymore. I mean, MMA is like off the charts and to the right. If you look at Connor cards, that's because the demand of the overall sport is growing. And I do think that was soccer too. With this though, I, I always go back to Lou's point on this. Like I like soccer. I like watching some of these 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 young superstars. Like, but it's mostly highlights. I think Lou's made a point on this before, and I I always go back to it with soccer. Is where where you where can you watch them at? They're not like you're not watching like they're not typically on ESPN. Like they're just not readily available. I know you said before, Tyler, you mentioned some place where you watch them. I've never even heard of. Mm-hmm. It just that's to me the big thing and how I think soccer can grow is like. Where can I watch them on a consistent basis? So yeah, I mean NBC Sports, but that's the thing, dude. Think about when you can watch it on a consistent basis. Yeah, I where I'm at on this is like I agree with you that eventually that those things are going to happen. Yep. In the meantime, the prices don't make any sense because 
it's all based on it's it's the purest form of speculation where it's like everyone everyone in the world who's buying soccer cards being like oh yeah it's going to be more popular which doesn't make next any sense. December when the World Cup is going on mm-hmm. both of you will be watching maybe 100%. no you will I'm be in. like you will I be. promise you I'll be watching less than you think but yeah but you'll be all right and that's let's get that, that, that we, got, we got we we have time for one more question so let's get into one more I've got I've got one here I want to talk about it says uh, this is from OS Campbell's or OS Campbell Soup it says when do you think submission grading prices and return times will come back to earth yeah I saw somebody jumping in on this as well being like never and then he and then he had said back uh, they said back. Uh, yeah, but PSA said that this is just temporary until they can figure out their submission process. And I like, I, and we've talked about this before. Like once once you go up, it's hard to go back down again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this might be just where we are now. Will there will their time be more efficient? Yeah. Is the price going to go back down? Yeah, I don't think I don't think so. I think the question is is when's the next price going to go up? Yeah, the next price increase is the real question. Exactly. Like we again, price went up earlier this year. It's gone up a couple times. Like demand isn't going down. You're still grading cards. The market still says we want PSA tens, PSA nines. I just, I don't see. I don't see the price going down anytime soon. If anything, I would expect it to go up. Ty, any thoughts on uh, this? I don't think. Like, I, I'm. I think that people are going to keep sending in cards to get graded. I think it's now the whole game, more or less. At, at least for the next 18 months because I don't know when we start to see like in more events. I mean, just the nature of people being at home and doing business and buying raw cards on eBay and sending them in to get graded and see the prices. Like I think we'll see an impact in terms of supply uh, messing up the market more than we will see a downturn in submissions. Just think 12 months from now, Trevor Lawrence's prism football rookie is about to come out. For the Jets. You're going to not grade that card? like crazy. You're going to send it in as fast as possible. You'd pay whatever it costs to get it in there as soon as possible and get it back. It'll be first to market. And, so, and they they will be in no rush to get it out to you because they're going to have a million guards backed up that they have to get to. By then, still. They're still going to be backed yeah. up then. It's, that's just the yeah. way it is. And everyone needs to get over that and get used to it. Yeah, I agree. All right, so coming up after the break, we recently sat down with Matt LaRue, who's the director of Fantasy Sports Revenue, to talk all things cards, as well as daily fantasy sports and how the customer base for that can also mingle into cards and the transition there. So stay tuned for that interview next. All right, everyone. We are we are so lucky today. Lou is more lucky, but we, we are all collectively lucky. To have a, a budding friend uh, join us. His name is Matt LaRue, not to be confused with Lou Janu, but Matt distant LaRue. Distant cousins. Yeah, uh, yeah distant cousins. <laughs> um, they, they were separated when they immigrated in. Someone spelled the name wrong, and, and there we go. But they're, now we're all back together. Um, Matt and I have got to know each other a little bit um, through doing some actual business on the side and um, looking forward to have Matt here and, and I'll let him give a little bit of introduction, but I think a lot of what we'll get into in, in this conversation and interview is, um, coming back to cards, but also the crossover between as this grows daily fantasy, gambling and card investing and how data can infer all that. And 
more and more the platforms that are being developed to allow some faster trading in terms of cards and and really almost on a collision course of like really a meld between the two um so i'm going to pass it over to matt let matt introduce himself here a little bit and uh and we'll get into it yeah thanks tyler yeah so um <clears throat> thanks thanks for having me on guys i'm really excited to uh talk with you today um you know i've been at DraftKings now for about five years um i'm a director of revenue on the daily fantasy side it's just a fancy way of saying that my team and i we, we come up with all the contest sizes for all the major sports that you guys play on DraftKings. Football, golf, soccer, um, uh, hockey, a bunch of our, our biggest sports roll through my team. We do everything from the promotion design to the contests themselves and kind of everything in between. It's, it's a dream job. It's a lot of fun. We just basically get to talk sports all day and, and try to figure out, you know, how much uh, how big our prize pools can be when the games are really exciting, like uh, like the one we got tonight with uh, with the Bears and, uh, and the Rams. Hell yeah. And I mean, coming off one of the more insane Sunday insane. night football games. Absolutely in insane. Recent memory. And I'm a Seahawks fan, so I'm still in mourning a little oh. bit, you guys. I'm not gonna lie, but it's a typical Seahawks well, affair, you know? Like just they can't play a normal game. That's the internet meme. It's totally right. It's just craziness. Yeah, I feel like the Seahawks are always in like the most ridiculous games, like no matter like yeah, like there's no regular Sundays no. being a Seahawks fan. It's always and, crazy. And being a Seahawks fan in New England is especially tough because the Super Bowl a few years mm. ago obviously <laughs> was also a pretty crazy game. Oh. And uh yeah. Have to have to relive that every once in a while as well. So yeah, that's going to be for your entire life. Yeah. But we here at Card Talk Pod are massive fans of the wide receiver that you, you, uh, uh, DK? you all have on uh, We on are too. Team. He's got the same initials as DraftKings. It's perfect. We love that guy. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, so real quick, I want to click into, you said five years at DraftKings. Yep. And I think if you are a sports fan, if you have even if you maybe even if you've ever owned a tv uh you probably remember a moment in time where you couldn't turn on the tv without seeing a commercial running for daily fantasy sports on DraftKings. were you around during that time i was it's actually when i started i started the summer of 2015 which is when they really ramped up uh, all the the advertising i think the crazy stat from that year is that DraftKings and our, our competitor, we actually combined to spend more than the entire uh, alcohol industry combined in sports ads that or in TV yeah, ads that year. I remember, I remember which that. is just insanity, Whoa. you know. Um, obviously, it helped spur our growth. Um, so, you know, it's not something we necessarily regret. But over time, we've gotten a lot more, yeah. I think, intelligent with how we've we've spent our money and, and, and advertised and, and done things a little bit more uh, efficiently, which is awesome. And so we're no longer on TV 24-7, but uh, I think we're on TV at the points in time where we're supposed to be on um, to, to drive yeah. some volume. And then I'm going to take this on a, a road for a second, and I think we'll get there. But, you know, at that time, and as someone that's big into sports, I guess you can consider in some way a, a degenerate, <laughs> you know, but at, the, at that time, and I'm here in New Jersey right now, you know, you couldn't open up DraftKings and bet on tonight's Monday night game. It was just daily fantasy. So yep. what I'm trying to do is put a little bit of perspective in terms of how new this all really is on the on the legalized gambling yep. front and kind of the frontiers of that. And, and when you are in that space, you got to innovate in terms of getting users and, yep. and all that because there, there's definitely land grab moments going on. And you could almost... I wanted to then shift it to like cards. Have you been in cards for a long time? What's kind of your story from a card side? 
Yeah, so on the card side, like any other kid that grew up in the 80s and 90s, you know, I collected it like crazy as a kid, um, mostly baseball, some other stuff as well. Um, you know, it's funny. I actually laugh when people say that, you know, the market's really saturated in cards right now because I remember as a kid, I actually <laughs> would go to the gas station, like keep in mind, a Sunoco at the end of the street, and they had a whole section dedicated to retail card packs. Think of how many gas stations there are. Could you even imagine if you could just walk in and get cards at a gas station today? It's just, it's crazy back then. But yeah, I used to collect as a kid and then I kind of stayed in the periphery for a while. Um, uh, controversial topic, but the thing that got me back into it recently was actually Project 2020. I know a lot of people love to hate it. I'm also not mm -hmm. a fan of it anymore, but I was a fan of it when I was buying up the first like 30 or so cards in the set and flipping them. And uh, that's really what's funded me to get back into it. And Uh, it's really been kind of a side passion for me ever since. And, you know, everybody being home for COVID, um, you can see I got a USPS box back here, just like I've been yeah. you know, going almost every day, mailing stuff out. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. And as a huge sports fan and somebody who loves fantasy and sports betting and everything else, like it just it's a it's a perfect fit. And I think that's, you know, the story for a lot of folks right now is just a ton of crossover between those different you know interests. I mean, yeah. why wouldn't there be right? It's it's at its core. It's it's speculating on athletes and 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 teams you know that's what all three of those things are they're just different financial instruments for that for that approach yeah and and i also think there's a weird similarity as as you kind of say that of like i remember growing up and going to my uncle's house he was a big jets fan and he'd be in the garage calling to like the virgin islands putting in <laughs> bets sports bets <laughs> yeah and you know you tell the story of going down to the sunoco and buying sports cards you know whatever 20 years ago what have you and sure, now here we are today and on twitter there's also this really big groundswell in terms of whether you want to call them cappers or yep. you know new entrants into daily fantasy just betting sports similarly in cards and i think they're both very much the same makeup yeah in your world at DraftKings. Are you guys starting to approach things? Like, how do you think about the crossover, the ability to capitalize? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, obviously we're always looking for, you know, ways to provide prizing for our user base that we think will really move the needle for them. Right. And I think this is a really interesting time, not only because sports cars are, are exploding, but also there's a lot fewer options for us in terms of alternative prizing than we've used in the past. I think historically, one of the things we've always leaned on in addition to cash prizes are trips. Like it might be tickets to the Super Bowl or, you know, we have these live finals in Florida and California where we have all these excursions and parties and stuff and you can't do all that right now, right? So, you know, 100% of our pricing is all cash right now. We don't want, you know, people to get, you know, feel stale and feel like there's no like kind of change in, in pattern on that front. And so we're exploring different physical goods and things that we think people will value. And I think cards is like a natural, totally natural fit, right? I mean, you know, there's so much crossover and with people like myself getting back into the hobby right now and, and there's so much overlap, you know, we're definitely exploring our options on, on, on that front as like an alternative pricing uh, mechanism in addition to, to cash uh, prices on our contest. Yeah. I feel like the idea of like whoever the top scorer of the week is, whether that's Patrick Mahomes or Marquise Brown or whoever else, like using, like having that player as like, you can get their prison PSA 10 rookie it's as so cool. a prize is like a super interesting and also very scalable for you guys. So, Yeah, super cool. Super interesting. Yeah. So we're, we don't have anything to announce at this point in time, but it's absolutely a top priority for us right now. I mean, all the way up to, you know, really senior levels of the business and, and we want to make something work here. So um, we're, we're actively exploring our options for the next couple of months so we can capitalize in time for the playoffs and, and, and have some really cool promotions on that front. Nice. Yeah. And, and Tyler and I talked about this before this started, but um, the one thing I saw a lot, like, is, is, Matt, I don't know how much you know about me, but I, uh, I own a 
physical retail store in, in Columbus. And um, the one thing I saw was like when COVID first happened and then the restriction lifted, we were closed for about two months. And what I saw immediately was a lot of people getting into the hobby that that did play daily fantasy, right? And, you know, they're betting every single day, making a living doing this. And it just, it seems so logical that this transition would happen. It's like, I mentioned to Tyler, right? If, you know, if you have Lamar Jackson on a fantasy team, or if, if he's, if you don't have him on your fantasy team, but you're really, really high on Lamar Jackson, well, it's, it's, it's tough to get him. But if you like, hey, Lamar Jackson's the real deal, cards are that way to, you know, this totally. is like, you know, daily trading. It just, it seems like it's just such a logical fit that, the, the transition from daily fantasy and like you you know doing both it just seems like it's just it's just yeah bad. and i mean I'll, I'll even take it a step further like i see cars as almost like a, a completely different way to invest than, than what's normally considered the ways that these guys invest in in sports right i mean daily fantasy is it's right in the name right like we're literally offering you an opportunity to like pinpoint a specific game or a specific week and identify who's going to play well in that particular window of time right season long is not that much different it's a full yeah. season but it's still only a particular period of time um sports cards it's like the most pure way to like take a position on a player's career you can't go to a sports book and be like hey i want to bet on lamar you know winning two titles and going to the hall of fame like that's just not a bet you can place right um yeah. but buying his card it's almost yeah. like buying a stock i mean you can get out at any time you can ride all the way until you think that's going to get realized and it's just it's a nice like compliment to i think the overall portfolio of what those guys do and i think covid and like the lockdown stuff in a way is kind of like a, a real blessing for the card market not just from the sense of people having more time on their hands but i think it also exposed people who are already comfortable putting money on their convictions in sports into another way of doing that that's completely complementary to the stuff they're already doing on a day-to-day -day basis which is i think a, a huge opportunity for those guys and in the same way, I'm sure, like, I know when I play like DFS, right? Like my boys are like, oh, I, I got this dude for 4,700 <laughs> and he yep. had a value da, 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 at the end of the week. In the same way, when you, if you bought, you know, uh, Clyde St. Hilaire was DK Metcalf. Yeah, DK Metcalf, right? Yep. If you were like, hey, I believe in DK Metcalf, I'm going to buy his prisms for 40 bucks when they were 40, whatever the number is. And then you have the card in your hand and like, actually, now this is like 400 bucks. Like, I told you so. It's the I told you so factor. That's a big thing. Everybody well, wants to be the one who like uncovers the next like hidden gem or whatever. Right. That's such a, yeah, the sleeper. It's the sleeper effect, right? Everybody loves that part. Mm -hmm. Another thing that we, uh, uh, uh try to we aspire with this podcast is to really push the envelope in terms of self-education being making your own decisions and one how that can translate to other avenues in life in terms of investing and, and doing your thing and with you know social media and everyone having a microphone and the ability to say hey come sign up for my thing i'll tell you all, all my secrets or you know here's a tip there or what have you yep I'm going to use this opportunity to kind of, you know, pound it over the head again, because I think fantasy myself, when I, my time is much less, I'm considerably worse and not sure. as tapped in yet. I still am making the, my home league, which isn't daily season long is like $300. And I'm like, by week six, I'm like, it's a real struggle to like pay attention. Yep. Um, but I do think with daily fantasy, it's the same. Like, you know, you've got the levels of professional that is all in knows it and is playing it like as a for-profit engine mm -hmm. then you've also got casuals that are like with their friends and yep. enjoy it as entertainment value even if it's at the cost of you know there's a lot of people that go to the movies or did go to the movies three times a week and run up a hundred bucks someone 
puts plays for $50 a week, you know, can you talk a little bit about that? Even as you got back into it, like the reward of putting in the time for education and then also how you guys manage that on the DraftKings side, because it's two different customers totally. as well. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, it's even more than two different types of customers, but when you really yeah. keep it at a high level, you know, it's casual versus, you know, you know, these VIPs or the people that, you know, put it in as like a living. Um, yeah. and you're absolutely right. And I think, you know, we're seeing that in the card space as well too, in terms of like folks that maybe are, you know, excited to get back in, but not buying the right, you know, brand necessarily or quote unquote, the right brand of, of, of product or whatever, when they're buying a rookie or, um, you know, there's been a fad going on. I know you guys have talked about it and others have as well about how recently in the card market positions like running back or wide receiver are more popular than they've been in the past. And a lot of people are, are attributing that to fantasy. And I think that makes that makes logical sense because, you know, the first round draft picks in a season long league, they're not quarterbacks. Right. Same with with DFS. You don't want to spend a lot on a quarterback optimally. But um, I actually think that's that's really a casual approach to it. Right. Like that's something where you're not taking into account the likelihood of a running back only having a three year career and getting hurt five times or a wide receiver having like a ton of variants on a week to week basis. Right. I think the guys that are spending a lot in DFS are also approaching the card market differently because I think they're looking at it more from like a what's the optimal play here. And if they're looking at it mm-hmm. historically, it's it's still quarterbacks. Like that's that was the reason why people bought quarterbacks was because it was the right long term investment in the past. I think it still is today. And I think that translates from from the different types of DFS people. But when you've got a mass of folks that are in that casual bucket, it's still going to move the market. And I think that's what we're seeing today. Um, from a DraftKings standpoint, you know, when we design our our contest mixes on a weekly basis, we try to make sure that we've got the right mix of games that appeal to all those different kind of audiences. And what's interesting is that, you know, the thing that matters the most to a VIP or a guy that's playing is ROI. Like they just want to make sure like how, you know, what's the, what's the rake, what's the, you know, what's the top prize, what's like the distribution of prizes. How can I make sure that I'm getting a a return on my investment on a weekly basis that makes it worth the while for all the work I'm putting in that you just described Tyler. Um, And then the casual user is like, can I win a million dollars or not? You know, like, and Mm -hmm. and so a lot of times we want to make sure that like, we're providing that excitement, providing that kind of, to your point, entertainment, um, and giving people a really fun sweat and offering prizes that kind of provide that upside, while also having a suite of typically a little bit, you know, higher buy-in things for those folks that are literally treating it as a profession and looking to get that that weekly ROI. So, yeah, there's definitely two different, um, you know, macro levels of, of of consumers. I think of both products. Yeah, I, I mean, I always think about like strategy and then strategy being always on and living and breathing right like big penn state fan uh you know chris godwin like i'm gonna own some chris godwin sure is that the best investment maybe not like because he's a wide receiver now he has concussion issues but at the same time okay cool if that's gonna be flat and i'm in for five hundred dollars like then i also have to have some high risk stuff elsewhere or like the the mix and match and is it for profit? Okay, I've made a bunch of profit now. Let me do some fun stuff. Sure. You know, that kind of matrix is like, and again, when you're not doing this full-time 100%, then it's also, okay, how much time am I investing in it? And it's really an ongoing thing. And with Project 2020, if we want to bring it back there, yeah. I mean, there was like really a, a window where it probably all changed. And if for some reason you were playing Project 2020 for the first three weeks and you're like really seeing great returns and you rest on your laurels and you've made then a ton of purchases and you step away for two weeks, all of a sudden that went the other way. 
Yeah, I got super lucky. I mean, I, I literally was on tops.com for completely unrelated reasons. I was just looking at merchandise there, like signed memorabilia for prizing for, for DraftKings, uh, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And it was happened to be the day that the, the Product 2020, you know, concept launched. And I, for whatever reason, it just appealed to me. I was like, wow, this is a broad audience. You got the artist fans, you got the, you know, card fans. And I bought, you know, the now famous Ichiro Ben Baller number one card. I had that. I had most of the first 25 cards. And I did buy up until like around like the 70th a card or so. But as somebody who, you know, looks at supply and demand on a regular basis for my job, you know, I noticed pretty quickly that the prices weren't, yeah. weren't holding up. I was lucky to at least sell, you know, decently those first 25 cards or so. That's, again, funded my, my you know, my hobby now. But, um, yeah, I think it's interesting because to your point about putting in the work, I, I lucked in. I mean, I literally tripped and fell into a ton of money with Project 2020. I, I didn't do any research. I thought it was cool and I made a bunch of money on it. As soon as, yeah. as soon as I made that money, I went and blew it on like some really bad ideas, right? Because I wasn't, you yeah. know, I, I really underestimated like how deep, you know, you have to get into this this hobby, I think, to be successful. I wasn't I wasn't considering grading cards. I wasn't considering like the right brands and stuff. And I made those mistakes and, and you know, came out the other side. And I, I think I'm in a good spot now, but it is, it's just and like- And it's actually things. scary because what could, you know, a lot of people probably all of a sudden thought they were Nostradamus yeah. because they accidentally bought some Tops 2020. Yeah, totally. And then all of a sudden was, you start was thinking that you can't one, make right? a wrong decision. Yeah, there was the Griffey Saladin was yeah. really popular. I had that one. I had the Ichiro Ben Bar. It did like 90K print run and that was that was it. The, the, the Ichiro one. Oh, oh you're, you're talking about the one that broke it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the Keith Shore. Like, he was a card yeah. number 100 and that was just it. Like all the flippers got in and it, it had a crazy print run and just yeah. died. I think I had... 20 copies of that actually yeah, that was a tough one. i think they sell for like five dollars go to my instagram i've actually got an instagram picture of me using it as a beer coaster uh that's basically what it's worth <laughs> <laughs> nice probably yeah. 2020 was cool though yeah. um matt yes talk before we started we were we got into a little bit of a side conversation about your marvel cards yes. so please this is tyler this is the secret we're gonna right. let the secret out here, right, here so tell us about what these are sure Yep. What made you want to buy them and all that? Cool, yeah. So actually, so growing up and collecting cards, really like 1990 was kind of the sweet spot for me. I had mostly baseball, but one of the things I collected was actually these Marvel 1990 Impel brand cards. Um, I still probably have them at my folks' house somewhere. They're probably like PSA 2 because I was you know messing around with them. But um, I was always into them. And I, I just generally, when I was looking at you know the market and getting back into it, I'm like, well, those are really cool. I wonder if those are worth anything. And that, I remember looking it up and they're worth a little bit, but you know, not, not really worth getting into. And a retail box is maybe $160 or so. Um, and then Gary, of all people, actually was talking about it on a podcast and was talking about how he thinks comic cards might be you know another wave. And I'm like, oh, this is it. This is like the the validation I need to like get back to something I was actually, you know, really excited about when I was younger. And so I went out, I bought a retail box. These cards are really cool. They're wildly off center for the most part, but you can get a retail box now for about $300. There's like 500 cards in there. Um, you get about half a dozen of every card in the checklist, maybe one or two of them are centered, but I mean, there was a couple Ironmans um, that were posted. PSA 10 Ironmans from PWCC a couple weeks ago, sold for 300 a piece. There's a Stan Lee card. And are, are they... Are they the? Are they basically prints of the comic Dude, book I'll, covers, I, or are they I like a, it's original artwork? Yeah, yes, nice. pull them out. Nice. Like but yeah, this. so he was. I went on his Instagram and I saw these, and they looked pretty interesting. So, and I do want to talk about in general, like 
comic book card. I think we should have that conversation one day because I think comic books is its own world mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to cards. But I do think there's something to this. Yeah. So yeah, so Matt, there's actually us. all different kinds. So there's like a base set of this set, which is basically all the different characters. This is a pretty unknown. This is a character called Shadow Cat. I don't know if you get to see it with the glare here, but it's literally like yep. a, like a player card, you know, on PSA 10. But then they also have uh-huh. um, inserts, and some of the inserts are like most valuable comics, for example. So this is a, a Spider-Man comic. It was a Punisher's first appearance, right? So they made a card for that in a PSA 10. Um, from what I can tell, the cards that are worth the most from like just looking at eBay are the the, the player cards, right? Um, so it's like Iron Man, Captain America. Uh, there was a Black Panther card that sold for a couple hundred, but and it's, it's crazy. I've got about 50 of them out at PSA right now, um, and it's like based on what they're going for. And obviously I don't know what they're going to grade at, but I mean, I I was pretty selective in in which ones I sent out there, but I mean, every single one I sent was selling for at least a hundred dollars in like the last month on, on eBay as a PSA 10. And the box was 300, was 200 bucks when I bought it. So again, I probably, probably shouldn't be sharing this, but yeah, I I feel like I found a little niche. I found like, I I feel like (laughs) I found found a little niche there and um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And again, it's something that I personally collected as a kid. So it's like that much cooler to me. And I, I'm actually worried that when I get these back from PSA, I'm going to see them in the slabs, and I'm, I'm going to have a hard time selling all of them, to be honest, even though that was, yeah. that was the game plan. That's awesome. A couple of things. I mean, there's there's few things that are better than when, you like, when you're like, I, I, think yeah. I think I found something. <laughs> like, I think, like, I think I'm yeah, on to yeah. something, and I don't think anyone else is, yeah. is there yet. Exactly. When you catch it, it's the best. It's, when it's like, oh, you're like, wait a minute. I've got How long <laughs> before I tell my first friend about it? Mm-hmm. The fun part is I've actually found another one since then that I'm even more excited about. And I don't know if you guys oh, want to tell about that. Is that the Raheem Sterling oh, no, red-blue no, no, no. no. waves? Uh, it's even more, way, more, way more obscure than those guys. Um, it's actually – I don't – Future yeah, episode yeah. of Car Talk. Have you guys heard about uh, the MLS, the Bowman series that's out for that? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. Like I can't believe the returns I'm getting on those cards. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I love that. Insane. They're very interesting. Those MLS. I love cards. that. There, yeah. Isn't there? There's. I think there's two or three. I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I think there's two or three guys in there that are have like the major returns, yes. and the sets are like twenty bucks, right? Or Is there like that? Caden Clark in there? <sighs> no, there's not a Caden Clark. Although I did pick up his tops now the other day. That's that's gonna be a yep. sick card. But um, no, it's a uh, Brendan Aronson. Um, he's the guy that just went over to um, the Austrian uh, league, the Red Bull mm-hmm. team out there. Um, so there's one mm-hmm. of his cards. There's also um, Brian Rodriguez, who's on the um, the Uruguayan national team, so he'll be in the World Cup in a couple of years, and nice. his his rookie cards in there as well. But what's cool is it's it's the legit Bowman branding, right? So it's you know perfect product for that because you think of Bowman, you think of prospecting, and I think of the MLS very similar to like minor league baseball. No one cares that you play yeah. for you know the San Jose Quakes, but they'll care once you play in the Premier League. Just like no one cares if you play for a minor league baseball team, but once you make the bigs, they do, and so. To me, it's a perfect fit. But what's more interesting is that it was an on-demand set. So they only printed 6,000 or so or 7,000 packs of 10. Mm -hmm. And because it was such a short run, they actually had to throw away, by all accounts, from from what I've actually heard this from folks at Tops, they actually destroyed almost 2,400, I'm sorry, 24,000 parallels that were numbered. So the numbered parallels that say like number to five, there might only be one of those, right? Because they only include one parallel per pack and they only shipped 6,800 packs. And there are a hundred players that are supposed to have a shitload more parallels than they actually have, which is pretty wild. So just, just that's, to have that's like Joe Adele in baseball. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Joe Adele thing. There's a whole big, 
doesn't have like chrome colors. There's a whole room. I don't. Again, the same thing. I don't know how true any of this sure. is, but like, there's the rumor is that Joe Adele, who was like this major prospect, still a pretty highly rated prospect, came out this year for the Angels. Uh, his signed all of his autos, signed all of his colored autos, yeah. all that stuff. And when they got shipped back to Tops, they got damaged in the mail. So apparently, there's only yeah. like 15 true blue autos. His agent had to it's make like the crazy. phone call. Like, no, like, he's not uh, resigning. Mis- he's not resigning. <laughs> yeah, check, check out the set. It's interesting. Even the base cards. I mean, the Aronson base card sells for like 60 bucks. Um, and these are $10 packs. Pretty wild. That seems healthy. Yeah. I love that. So, Matt, like Tyler mentioned before, we're we're all about like self-education yep. on this show, right? Do your research, you know, that kind of stuff. But I would love to get your take from someone that used to collect cards and then recently got back into it. Since you've recently started in the last six to eight months what what do you think that you over that time period what have you learned that you know now that you wish you would have known back then because our audience again is a lot of newer people so i'm just curious what what you've picked up on in that time period that you wish you would have known when you uh, yeah, started. a few things so first off uh relics seem a lot cooler than they are <laughs> mm. i was like man this is cool this is a guy a piece of this guy's jersey how are these not selling for more you know and i so i bought a lot of those uh off the bat thinking that they would be they'd be worth a lot didn't really uh didn't really pan out obviously um you know some of the other stuff made a lot of the you know common mistakes that folks make got into like a lot of breaks and, and things that you know as fun as they are you know you really have to treat them as entertainment and really nothing else and um mm-hmm. you know if you're in for investing it's that's definitely not not the route um and you know the other piece for me that was was super interesting anyways was just really figuring out what the what the true rookies are for every sport right like i think it's something where like once you're in it for a few months if you throw yourself into it like i did it becomes pretty apparent like these are the cards you're targeting but man it's it's not that obvious especially in sports like basketball where there's so much product that like you know i've seen a lot of uh, my friends have gotten back into it get all excited and like that's that's actually yeah. not that cool. Like oh, send a right, text, like I look at this, and yeah. you're like, yeah, it's like, oh, you actually have a hoops. Yeah, yeah. So what yeah. what about this play right here? Oh yeah, you like that guy? Yeah. So I um, yeah. that was a mistake I made as well. I uh, <laughs> I bought this card thinking it was his normal uh, uh, um, whatever it's called. What is the the hockey thing? It's the young guns. Young and guns. Young guns. The jumbo, like yeah. the, the box topper version. The, the cool thing is, is there's, only, <laughs> there's only like a pop of like two, but I'm like that was definitely not what I was expecting when it showed up in the mail. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah, well, yeah and for, so so yeah. for those that are listening, not not watching, uh, Tyler's pulled up uh, Matt's Instagram. It's also Minty Fresh Cards for those that want to to follow Matt on there. But he's got a picture of a a PSA slabbed Matthew. It looks like Matthew Kachuk, um, 2016 Young Guns uh, Jumbo Rookie PSA. And 10. I'm assuming Matthew Kachuk is the son of the legendary Keith Kachuk. Your guess is as good as mine. That's literally the only I hockey card I own. I actually bought that because a buddy That was mine's, a weird pull by Tyler. Yeah, my buddy is a, a huge, huge hockey fan. And I basically said like, hey, I'm, I'm back into cards. Who should I buy if I, if I buy a rookie for, for hockey? And he gave me that advice and I bought the wrong card. So that's it. I'm done with hockey. <laughs> One and done. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yep. Matthew Kachuk. He's also got, he's got a brother, Brady Kachuk. Oh, nice. I'm not sure where he stands. Who knew? It's probably in some Canadian league somewhere. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, how about this? What, uh, you have a favorite sport personally? Um, so as a fan, baseball is definitely my favorite. I mean, that was a sport I actually played. So before I worked at DraftKings, actually, the reason I got the job was I actually played on the side a ton. Um, and I, I did pretty well on, on baseball DFS. And it wasn't until I actually got some checks in the mail from, from winnings that I realized that they were based in Boston. 
Um, mm-hmm. if I'm in Boston. I'm like, how am I not working at this company? This is amazing. So I ended up, you know, yep. figuring out a way in. But um, baseball is my sport. You know, that's, that's what I collected as a kid. Uh, it's what I watch the most of. Um, it's what I care about the most as a fan. Um, so that's where I've got the majority of my cards. I will say, though, the sport that's gotten me the most excited since coming back into the hobby, the one I've bought the second most is soccer. Uh, and it's not even close. Um, it's It's crazy. I've been like ripping. Can you tell me why? Explain why you're buying the soccer. Um, so my biggest thing with soccer is just the fact that <clears throat> I, I feel like, and obviously I, you guys have been in this a lot longer than I have, so I, I could be completely off on this. But um, my my impression is just that the number of just rookies that have an opportunity to have a club that matters is so much greater than any other sport. And I know it's not as big in the States, right? And so that's obviously a hurdle to get by, but there's also far less product that matters, right? Like there's no Bowman Chrome for soccer, really. I mean, like there's no, I mean, there's the MLS one, like I just mentioned, that's very, Mm -hmm. very specific. Um, You know, there's, there's, there seems to be, and I know there's the whole sticker and card debate and that's something to to figure out and and, and debate, but um, it seems like for the raw number of players that matter, the raw number number of clubs that matter in the world, they far outstrip all the other major sports. And so for me, it just seems like there's just more opportunity to like hit on a guy that's just going to become like an international phenomenon um, that you just mm-hmm. don't have that upside in other sports. And just for whatever reason, the sport, the cards that I've bought, I, I did really well on 1920 Chronicles. Um, I did really well picking up some 18 um, Don Russ of um, Alfonso Davies was another big investment I made when I first nice. started up. And it's actually yep. a funny story. I bought, I bought a lot of Alfonso Davies from a kid in Poland back in like March or April. And the kid scammed me. He actually advertised it as an optic lot, but he lined up all the cards in such a way where the Donruss label was, the Donruss logo was covered by the card, except for the two on the end, which both had the optic logo. So I thought I was buying a lot of just mm-hmm. optic cards. They show up. Mm-hmm. I'm all pissed because I'm like, I can't believe I just bought you know this lot thinking it was one thing and found out it's another. One of those Donruss cards sells for more than what I paid for the entire lot because his price has gone up so much. So it all yep, worked out yep. in the end. But um but yeah, I mean, it's, Definitely. it's worked out pretty well. Early so, on, so. I got uh, that Sancho, uh, like, it, I would have been buying the Optic, but I was, like, yeah. not thinking about it in, in that regard. Um, and so I, after National, I had a bunch of graded Sancho Donruss, and I mean, I was getting them for penny, like, yeah. for nothing. I know. I, I but paid, just was uneducated. Yeah, I paid maybe $3 a card for all these Davies cards, including yeah. the optics. And the optics now sell for well over $50 each raw, let alone, yep. let alone graded. So. Yeah. Cool. Any, uh, any parting words, parting questions, gentlemen? Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Really appreciate mm. it. Anytime. I'm a big fan. I like, I like getting, uh, I like getting alternative perspectives because i think with the three of us is definitely because we're in our own little bubble of how we see things and then we talk to other collectors who are just in the in the regular hobby world as well so getting a perspective like yours comes from a completely different world but has a lot of different connections uh, i think is super valuable for the audience so thank you all right so that was our interview with matt over at DraftKings. really appreciated him coming on the show and chatting with us about daily fantasy and cards so Going to get right into Stump the Shop. Again, Stump the Shop is brought to you by eBay. Ty, Lou, I'm typically a part of your team meetings anyways because you guys typically do them on this show. So want to get an update. Do we have a team meeting planned for today or what's the word? So, yeah, look, I mean, we're – me and Lou are constantly in team meetings. I mean, we our life is a team meeting. That's, by the way, that's so true. Yeah, if you want to be real about the whole situation. Um we quick recap. So on my side, we got DK Metcalf, Ansu Fati, 
both nines and Pulisic hollow nine as well. Um, Pulisic isn't ready to be moved yet. Um, he's been hurt coming back in for Chelsea. I think he's started one game now. Um, they just had a nil-nil draw against United. Hasn't popped back up yet. Um, Champions League will get going. But the thing is, with them, I just think Pulisic needs more time. So we're sitting on that for now. I think he's going to bury one or two coming up soon. I'll try and make a quick flip. But Ansu Fati's been on absolute fire. And we are going to list that um, starting this week. I believe I, I purchased it just north of 200, the PSA 9. And uh, we'll be looking to move it for probably three three fifty. Nice little flip. Lou, what's what's uh what's new on your end? Anything any plays you're making? I am thinking about just listing this tower board and taking my L on it because I feel like the Bengals aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So my opportunity Yeah, but he's playing well though. He is right? playing well, but I, I just can't he's good. see the I mean unless Yeah, actually you just kinda I just changed my mind a little bit. But it was it's fully based on the hype of Tyler Boyd becoming the playmaker for Joe, which I guess he's slowly starting to become that now, so maybe I'm acting a little yeah. soon. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking about that. I watched the Bengals-Browns game. He's he's the real deal. Yeah. Joe Burrow is the real deal. The big he's time, so I mean, good. If the, Bengals, if the Bengals had an offensive line, like they would, they, like, they'd be good. Joe Burrow's really good. Joe's very composed. So yeah. He's a gamer. Yeah, I'm a, fa- I'm a fan of him. But yeah, so I'm thinking about that. Um, and then I'm just chilling on my other stuff, so... Yeah, so I've got a been looking at a couple different things. Um, got some got some stuff off of PSA. I've kind of mentioned it before off off camera with you two. Uh, I I see some young quarterbacks getting some some play this year. Uh, I think there's some opportunities there. Uh, I, I think if you really look at there's uh, look at some of the guys that that have potential. I'm not I'm not I'm not thinking Jordan Love as much with the Packers. I think Rodgers is 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 there, but. Wentz is struggling. Wentz has had some some rough halves, some rough quarters. I mean, not not looking great. I know they don't have a ton of weapons. So does Jalen Hurts get some run? The Colts are three and three, and their next four or five games are like Tennessee, Baltimore, I think Pittsburgh. They play some tough games. So does Eason get a shot? Tua's about to play, right? Like you're gonna see that. Um, uh, I'm gonna kind of mention it here. I you know I'm not sure he'll do anything, um, but. The the back the backups in Jacksonville right now for the 0-6 Jacksonville Jaguars are Mike Glennon and Jake Lutton. So does Jake Lutton get a get a run at any point? You know, Mike Glennon, we know what Mike Glennon is. Is is Jake Lutton a superstar? I'm not sure. I don't you would assume not, but rookie out of Oregon State. So um I think there's some rookies there that might have some shot to get a minute or two the 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 latter half of the year. So I think that's kind of my my strategy recently is seeing who I think might get some minutes. So I've got some stuff off of PSA now, um, getting graded that, you know, hopefully uh we get back before the, the show ends and can, can make a play on that. But I think that's kind of my, been my MO recently is looking at some of the younger guys that are going to get some opportunity because just like Tua, somebody said like, why, why Tua, why now? You know what you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You don't know what you have in Tua and there's really good quarterback options next year. Obviously Tua or obviously Trevor Lawrence, you're assuming that's not going to be the Dolphins. They've already won multiple games, but then you're going to have Fields, you have Trey Lance, you have Zach Wilson from BYU. Like, there's a lot. Mac Jones from Alabama looks decent. Like he's up for a Heisman at the moment. Um, so 
I think the big thing with Tua is see what you have and, you know, see if he's the future. If not, look elsewhere. But um, so, yeah, I, I think some young guys are going to get some time later this year. So that's kind of been my my strategy of, of late. But also, Ty and Lou, I know you guys are the, the, the Pokemon guys on the show. Ripped a couple ETBs, uh, Elite Trainer Boxes for Champions Path I got on eBay. And, uh, you know, you're guaranteed the, the one in each box. And... Uh, you're looking for like the VMAX and then the Shining Charizard. Well, I, I ripped uh, like five of them and hit one of the, the VMAX Charizards and hit, you know, obviously five of the, the pack ones. The I ones saw that you did on live. I, yeah, I, that was different. Actually, that was a separate time. But I, uh, I ended up. You guys just ripping Pokemon every five minutes. I know. I ended up sending some of them. I, I picked out the best ones from all the all the ones I ripped and sent a couple of them in the BGS. Um, some I, the ones that were really centered, really clean. I, I think have shots to ten because obviously a BGS ten is going to outweigh the PSA ten. So I sent one of the V Maxes to uh, to BGS, and then I think I sent four of the the one that you're guaranteed uh, to BGS. So hoping for some some tens on those to kind of make that worthwhile. But uh, I, I was intrigued by that play. I. PSA 10 is obviously nice, but if you can get a BGS 10 on something like that, that's a that that seems like a win. So, yep. But any other any other updates on your end? Are we good? I think we're good. I think we're good. Some, yeah, uh, we're, we got to make some sales to free up some budget to make some more purchases. Yeah, I mean, sounds like you guys are spending some money. We've spent some money. We've spent our budget, and now we're gonna make some sales. It's that simple. Shop. <laughs> all right guys so that is all we've got for this week's stump the shop again stump the shop is brought to you by ebay your number one stop for buying and selling trading cards and memorabilia so last little segment this week is going to be our latest launch so again this is where we preview the upcoming releases for the week big release week there was supposed to be clearly donner's basketball that ended up getting pushed back a week so we'll talk about that next week but still on the table for this week we've got leaf trinity football we've got wmba prism basketball we've got panini contenders baseball panini phoenix football and then we've got a couple other ones like leaf metal joe montana collection where you're guaranteed a joe montana auto in each box um and then some other stuff like Super Break Heavy Hitters, Garbage Bail Kids, TriStar Mini Helmets, etc. Anything stand out to you guys this week? The WNBA for me it really does. I think the WNBA Prism is sweet. Um, I, I don't know. Do you know, Rye, much of like what the major chase card will be in there? Obviously, I, I don't want to mispronounce her name. Inieska Sabrina? Yeah, if she's in there, she, yeah, she is in there. She has an, uh, wait. So, so she got the, hurt. She's been out. Oh, she's the, in the she's Oregon from Oregon, yeah. Oregon, yeah. right? Yeah, stud, absolute stud. Well, I see Brianna Stewart's on there. Sue Bird, Brittany Griner, uh, Elena Deladon. Like, there's gonna like. Is the checklist not out? Let's see. I haven't looked for yeah, it. Yeah, it's not up on cardboard. Just product details. No checklist yet. Yeah, I mean, she would be Once, huge. That that would be a big card, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that like especially the low numbered prisms of of some of the top stars. I think they're going to do pretty well. Yeah. It's the first um, prism for WNBA. Correct. Yeah, second standalone release for for WNBA. The first to go all chromium. Hobby yeah. boxes average two autos. There's a premium box set form format as well. 
I think it's going to do well. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to do well. I might actually dial it in a little bit. Yeah, so I, I think the one thing I've been looking at this week is Phoenix. So if uh, if you're in the hobby, you you know that um, Phoenix has like those kind of like chrome like uh, cards, and they've also got like refractor versions of this. I I kind of view this as like a a a, a very 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 lesser grade, but it's kind of a way to get like a silver like card for a fraction of the cost. So like a Burrow Phoenix Refractor or a Prism or Silver or whatever you want to call it. I think that has some potential. Again, just because it'll be a fraction of the cost. Um, but those Chrome cards look great. They're, there's typically some some nice patch autos in that. So I think Phoenix will be the, the interesting release of the week for me. And then Leaf Trinity is also cool. Uh, it's not licensed, obviously. We talk about that on here and that mattering, you know, having their logos on the jersey. But some of the patches they put in Leaf Trinity are really, really nice. And for somebody like myself or any college collector out there, if you're looking for a really cool patch of your favorite team, this is definitely an opportunity to get that. And again, being that it's not licensed, it's going to bring a, premium, a fraction of the cost that something licensed would. So if you want a nice, cool patch of your favorite team. They have cool inscription on those too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like this Joe Burrow. So some, some cool, st- yeah, some cool stuff in there. So uh, I think Leaf Trinity could could be a, a sneaky one for some college collectors as well. That's dope. Yeah, these this LSU one, the Joe Burrow one, are sick. Like with the with the tiger on it and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. some some cool stuff uh, this week, but. Next couple latest launches, we're going to talk clearly Donner's basketball. We're getting close to Prism basket or Prism footballs coming up in a couple weeks. Immaculate basketball, flawless basketball. I feel like we've been chasing There's, Prism football for like months now. Yeah, we've been talking about it, so <laughs> it's, it's coming soon. I think November 18th is official release date for Prism. So, Ty, big, big matchup this week as we wrap it up, you and I. It's true. I, I don't feel great about it. Um, I don't feel confident about it. I think... That was one of the most disappointing performances from a Penn State football team in a long time, losing to Indiana this past weekend. Of course, the last play happened, and we should have won anyway. But besides the point, you don't you don't even get to that position. Um, yep. I think we were Make looking ahead. I think we were looking ahead. Um, but we're ready to play. We're, we're got, coming got, for got you. Got a score prediction? Score prediction for this week? Uh, I what's the line? Do you know what the line is? I think it's ten. I think Penn State's getting 10 at home. I'm probably not taking Penn State. If if this was whiteout game and there's 100,000 people in there, yeah, it's I'm just taking not. Penn State with the points. It's just not, unfortunately. That's true. And that's that's why I'm, I'm glad. 10, 12 and a half. What, Penn State's getting 12 and a half. Don't feel good about it. You're taking Ohio State with the points or Penn State with the points? I'm not betting it. I'm not going to bet against Penn State. I, I'm just asking. Uh, uh, we're not we're not placing a wager. Uh, uh, I would not take anything and hope that Penn State wins the game. So no score prediction. My score prediction is that Penn State loses by 17. Okay. I'm going to say 42 27. 42-27. Yes. Penn State's going to kick a couple field goals, get a couple touchdowns, but I'm going to say 42-27. Three touchdowns, two field goals. Yeah, 42-27, Ohio State. Lou, thoughts? I would love for it to be 63 to like 14. I'm rooting hard for Penn State in this game. Let's go. Hard. I don't. I hate Ryan. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that is That's the perfect way to end the show. So again, questions, Twitter, and IG. It's Card Talk Pod. But that's all we got for this week, guys. 
That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.